0: crime salad listeners welcome back to another episode of crime salad we're your host ashley and i'm ricky before we jump into this awesome episode that we have we do have two patrons to shout out ricky take it away dw and mallory thank you guys so much for your support we really appreciate it So the case that we will be discussing this week is that of the suspicious death of Bianca Rudolph, whose husband and well-known dentist in the Pittsburgh area, Lawrence, or Larry Rudolph, collected nearly $4.9 million in life insurance benefits after the fatal accidental shooting in Zambia in 2016, according to court documents. And since then, he has pleaded not guilty.
1: So, this case hits a little close to home for us.
0: It does. Just a few years ago, we were living in the Pittsburgh area, driving past Three Rivers Dental Group offices all the time. Every day. Yeah, too many days because we commuted into the city all the time. But we didn't even know this story or what was going on. And although this happened in 2016, this case is now resurfacing due to the trial that took place. Just a few days ago, on Monday, February 28th, 2022, we asked some of our friends and family, some that even go to this practice, and they had no idea a murder case was being looked into. We looked into the dental practice, and it seems like it actually is a thriving business, landing a 4.9 star rating, according to reviews on Google, at one of their offices, with many of the clients speaking highly of their experiences.
1: Hold on, this is my favorite part. No sights, no sounds, no fears.
0: (laughs) That's what it says. It says that on their website. Oh, it
1: does. So customer facing was good. But if you actually look at the reviews on Indeed, it's horrible. Like people are giving one star reviews. They're saying this is the worst job I've ever had. Heed the warning. Ten hour days. No breaks. The owner will make money. You will not.
0: Yeah. It's just night and day. Yeah. But. At least the customers didn't really see that from the from what it looks like.
1: Yeah.
0: So the, the company even has a YouTube channel with each video containing testimonies of how amazing their experience was
1: a local dentist accused of murdering his wife with a shotgun while on an African safari. Is going to remain in detention and had her cremated in africa in a scheme to collect millions in life insurance FBI claims. believe their
0: death. investigation will prove he killed his wife while on vacation before allegedly collecting millions in insurance five money.
1: years ago that his wife bianca died from a shotgun blast now federal prosecutors in denver have charged him with murder
0: and mail fraud Most of us don't know our dentist very well. We only see them a couple times a year, and our conversations usually consist of us answering questions on topics like how often we floss our teeth or what do we do for a living, muffled by the gloved fingers and various dental tools. We usually only know surface details about them and forget they exist until we get a reminder that it's time for a dental cleaning. Now imagine turning on the news to find out that your dentist is currently in jail, awaiting trial for murdering his wife, Bianca Rudolph, of 34 years, six years ago on a hunting trip in Africa with the hope of defrauding life insurance companies in order to profit off of her death. If you're a patient of Dr. Lawrence Rudolph at Three Rivers Dental Group, you don't have to imagine the scenario because you're already living it. The story of how they met goes a little like this. Lawrence, or Larry, as he usually goes by, and Bianca Rudolph met at the University of Pittsburgh when Bianca was an undergrad and Larry was in dental school before getting married in 1982. Around that same time, Larry started a dental practice where Bianca also worked, but she became less involved when she had their two children. In 2006, Larry opened a new practice in Pittsburgh called the Three Rivers Dental Group, and it really took off. Currently on their website, it states that they serve over 100,000 patients at five of their different locations. We also learned that this still up and running business includes Larry and Bianca's daughter, Anna, as a dentist. The Rudolphs continued their lives in Pennsylvania before moving to Arizona in 2012. Larry kept his practice in Pittsburgh and would frequently travel back and forth for his business. The Rudolphs were avid and experienced wild game hunters who frequently traveled to other countries in pursuit of big game. We're talking lions, buffalo, leopards, elephants, and that comes with a big price. Some experiences can be hundreds of thousands of dollars. To add, it was mentioned that $200 million from hunting fees and government permits goes back into the rural African communities every year. Bianca was not a hunter before she met her husband, Larry, but the years of traveling and hunting experience with Larry led her to become an accomplished and well-respected international hunter. The Rudolphs were both part of several hunting organizations. Larry received many awards in these organizations and became the 32nd president of the Safari Club International or SCI. Of the executive committee.
1: I am the owner of a large healthcare business, consulting and franchise company. My business experience has included human resources, finance, real estate, marketing, contract law, and many other areas. I'm a passionate hunter, having hunted all over the world, meeting many friends and contacts throughout the hunting
0: community. I'm proud to be serving SCI. We're the most
1: powerful hunting and conservation group. Larry
0: and Bianca traveled to Zambia on a few occasions in 2016. But on the trip that took place on September 27th through October 11th, a tragic event occurred. It was a trip intended specifically for Bianca to achieve her goal of shooting a leopard on safari. Although a leopard wasn't shot, she hunted down other animals. Larry went along for the trip and made this particular trip focused on his wife, Bianca. They brought along with them two guns, a Remington 375 rifle and a 12-gauge Browning shotgun. In the early morning hours of October 11th, the day before the couple was scheduled to return to the States, the Rudolphs began packing to leave their hunting camp in Kafui National Park in Zambia. They stayed in a very small one-bedroom, one-bathroom cabin at the campsite. It was around 5.30 a.m. Larry was in the bathroom and Bianca got a head start packing up their belongings and guns when Larry was alerted by a gunshot heard from the other room. Larry came out of the bathroom to find Bianca on the floor of their cabin, bleeding from a gunshot wound to her chest. Larry tried to resuscitate her by giving her CPR, but the attempt was unsuccessful as she was bleeding out onto the floor. Nearby workers, which included the professional hunting guide and the Zambian hunting scout, rushed their way into the cabin, and to their horror, they found Bianca Rudolph laying on the floor, bleeding out from her chest. As Larry was yelling for help, the hunting guide hurried to retrieve a medical kit so that Larry could possibly stop the bleeding before professional help could come. But the bleeding wouldn't stop. The gunshot was too severe. The bullet had entered into the left side of Bianca's heart and perforated her lung, causing hemorrhagic shock. Tragically, Bianca succumbed to her injuries and died shortly after she was shot. Larry told the Zambian police that he suspected that the shotgun had accidentally been left loaded from their hunt the day before, and that he believed it must have accidentally discharged while Bianca was packing it up into its case. But later speculated that perhaps she had killed herself on purpose. Now, if you're thinking what I just heard, a husband randomly suggesting his wife could have spontaneously decided to commit suicide as strange and suspicious, you would be correct. This is merely the tip of the iceberg. In fact, Larry was behaving so strangely when interacting with officials trying to assist him with getting Bianca's affairs in order after her death that he quickly got the attention of a consular chief for the U.S. Embassy in Lusaka, Zambia. But before we dive into that, let's direct our attention back to the crime scene and the witnesses. The names of the witnesses and some officials are not known from when we recorded this episode. Just to make things a little easier, we are going to refer to the professional hunting guide as the guide and the Zambian hunting scout as the scout from here on out. It's important that we make this distinction because we are going to be discussing both of them throughout this episode. It is worth noting that there are a few minor discrepancies regarding the witnesses' statements of what they saw and heard at the scene of the crime, which is eyebrow raising to say the least. The scout reported seeing Larry Rudolph trying to lift Bianca up and that Bianca's body was taken outside and covered with a blanket. He also stated that he saw the shotgun lying by the door to the cabin. The guide, however, did not mention any of this. The guide did report seeing that the gun was partially zipped up in its soft case on the ground along with the discharged shotgun shell. It isn't known at this time if the scout recalled whether the shotgun was in or out of its case when he saw it lying on the ground. It doesn't seem like a detail one would overlook and not include when reporting their account to the police, especially if the gun was partially in its case. Now, I'm no hunter, but. Doesn't it seem strange that the gun would even be out of its case if it were in the cabin or even partially in its case if you were packing things up to go home? There are also some differences in the bystanders' accounts, including whether or not Bianca screamed at the time that the gunshot was heard. Unfortunately, there is no way to know for certain now whether or not Bianca screamed. But if she did, the prospect of her death being an accident shrinks drastically. If the gun discharged by accident, how would Bianca have the foresight to scream in fear? She wouldn't have seen it coming. If it were truly an accident, not only would she not have known to be scared, but she wouldn't have had the time to react in the way before she was shot. And due to the location of the gunshot wound, the probability of her screaming after she was shot is also unlikely. The official report of the Zambian police state that no other witnesses saw Bianca's body outside or saw it being moved outside, and that photos of the crime scene indicate that Bianca's body was inside the cabin and the shotgun was inside its partially zipped case. Hey guys, I have an honest question for you. How many whitening kits have you tried that seem to only cause extremely sensitive teeth? I'm talking about when you eat ice cream, drink hot coffee, or even breathe in cold air. I've been there and I was literally stripping away my tooth enamel and I didn't even know it. Woof, no thank you. My whitening routine has completely gone natural with Lumino. Here's something I didn't know. 98% of oral bacteria are good for you. They're actually essential for your oral health. Turns out the fact that all bacteria are bad is just a myth. And Lumino is busting it wide open. I know everyone wants that sparkly white smile, but every whitening product I've tried in the past caused painful sensitivity in my teeth and gums. I'm a coffee and tea drinker, so I need something that fits my needs. That's when Lumino came into my life after hearing about how their products are natural and great for sensitive teeth. And I'm never going back to the past. I used to use mouthwash that bragged about how they killed bacteria, but the thought of using strange chemicals in my mouth felt unsafe and it tastes horrible. My new routine has changed and I feel so much happier switching my oral care to Lumino. Lumino makes toothpaste, mouthwash, and whitening that are a totally new and different approach for improving your oral health. They use purposeful and uncompromising ingredients like sea salt, aloe, and coconut oils to clean and brighten your smile. Plus, everything they make is certified non-toxic. You won't find harsh chemicals or bleaches in any of Luminose products. Everything is dentist-formulated, backed by over 50 studies, and proven to protect good bacteria, also known as the microbiome. You'll love Lumino's whitening. It only takes 30 minutes to apply and brightens your smile with no sensitivity. Find Lumino on Amazon.com and get $7 off today. That's L-U-M-I-N-E-U-X. Remember, it's spelled with an X. You can X out the harm. Lumino, dedicated to illuminating better ideas in oral care.
1: Here's where things get even weirder. All of this is certainly suspicious, but not exactly damning evidence. It was really Larry's behavior regarding Bianca's funeral arrangements that caused a stir at the U.S. Embassy. Larry spoke with the consular chief on October 12th at 4.30 p.m., the same day Bianca died, to report she had died from an accidental gunshot wound. The consular chief said that Larry quickly redirected the topic of conversation to Bianca's cremation and the logistics of getting her body back to America. The consular chief reported that he was informed the very next day that Bianca's body was being held at Ambassador St. Anne's funeral home awaiting cremation. Before cremations can be performed, the funeral home must receive the report from the forensic pathologist in order to proceed, which usually takes a few days if not more. An hour later, the funeral home called the consular chief to inform him that the body was scheduled for cremation the next day. The consular chief informed the FBI that he had a bad feeling about this case because of how quickly Larry was moving things along. Following his hunch, the consular chief and two others from the embassy went to the funeral home to examine the wound and take pictures of the body, with the hope of preserving any evidence. According to the chief, there were quite a few notable observations he made of the wound. The first being that the gunshot wound was straight on the heart. He also reported there was no evidence of a gas burn or tissue expansion that occurs when a gun is in contact with the body when fired. He also noted that Bianca appeared to have a secondary wound caused by a shotgun wadding. Essentially, a wadding is a disk of material used to seal gas behind the projectile that leaves the barrel with the bullet when the shot is fired. Trained investigators, like the chief consular, can determine information like the distance between the gun and the victim based on the wadding. According to his observations, he believed the muzzle of the gun was about six and a half to eight feet away from Bianca when the gun was fired. Which of course means that, if this were in fact true, Bianca could not have shot herself. She had to have been murdered. Later that day, Larry found out that people from the U.S. Embassy came back to take photographs of the body and called the consular chief. According to the chief, Larry was absolutely livid. The chief offered to meet with Larry that day, but Larry declined the offer and unfortunately for Larry, he wasn't able to avoid the officials at the embassy for too long. The next morning on October 14th, the two met in person at the funeral home so that Larry could submit the appropriate documents for Bianca's cremation. During this meeting, the chief offered Larry his assistance with contacting family members like the Rudolph's children. But Larry declined and said he would do it himself later. Larry also stated that his children were not Bianca's biological children, and that they were from a previous marriage, which seems to insinuate he believed that they didn't need to be notified just yet, which is undoubtedly very odd. Instead, Larry questioned the chief repeatedly about the Privacy Act and whether it would hold up in Zambia. Larry also asked multiple questions about who would have access to the information regarding Bianca's death and the corresponding police reports. And I don't know about you, but if my spouse died in a tragic accident, I don't think I'd be spending the time dissecting logistics of a privacy act two days after her death, unless I had something to hide. Let's take a closer look at the guns the Rudolphs brought with them on their trip. The Rudolphs brought two firearms with them to Zambia a Remington 375 rifle, and a Browning 12-gauge shotgun. The shotgun was registered to Larry, and the rifle was registered to Bianca. Bianca was the only one who had a permit to hunt this particular trip, and it isn't known why Larry would need to bring his own gun if he didn't have plans or permission to be hunting game in Zambia. What's even weirder is when he was questioned by the consular chief about the firearm that killed Bianca. Larry claimed he didn't know what type of gun it was, and described it as an antique. And I'm not sure how a successful, experienced game hunter would not know something as simple as the type of gun he owned, especially being that the gun belonged to him. According to the guide's witness statement to the police, the shotgun that killed Bianca was not only owned by Larry, he carried it with him throughout the entire hunt, and unloaded it and cleaned the shotgun the night before Bianca's death. So if Larry did unload the shotgun the night before, how could the gun had accidentally fired? There weren't supposed to be any bullets in it. Either he never unloaded it, or he reloaded it after he cleaned it. Either way, someone put a bullet in that gun. The guide also stated that he wasn't sure how someone Bianca's size could have shot herself in the chest with a shotgun, but he didn't want to speculate. Despite this, he went on to speculate that perhaps Bianca leaned down on the gun while zipping it up into its soft case, which he claimed was a tight fit, and that the case's zipper had been pulled up to the trigger. He also claimed that the trigger on the gun was light, and that Bianca had really long fingernails. He also speculated that maybe Bianca hit the butt of the shotgun on the ground, while trying to fit it into the case and causing it to misfire. Larius claimed two separate possibilities of how his wife could have been shot. Either she shot herself on purpose, or she shot herself by accident, either by the gun firing on its own, or her accidentally firing it. I'm sure you're wondering just how a person could shoot themselves in the heart with a shotgun. Well, the FBI actually wondered the same thing. So they ran a series of tests on the shotgun itself to see if it were capable of discharging on its own, along with a series of other tests. The FBI obtained the exact type of shotgun, soft case, and ammunition that was present in the Rudolph's cabin in Zambia in order to test out the plausibility of Larry's claims the FBI tested the fit of the shotgun in the soft case and determined it was not a tight fit, making it less likely that Bianca would have needed to force the gun into the case while packing it up, either by using her body weight or banging the butt of the gun off the ground. And furthermore, a Zambian police officer, who is also a ballistics forensic expert, ran a drop test of the shotgun used to kill Bianca from one and one and one half meters onto the cement. The gun never misfired during these tests, so it's highly unlikely that the gun fired on its own or from banging it on the ground while putting it in its case, which was also determined not to be necessary anyway. The FBI conducted a series of other tests to determine if Bianca could have been capable of shooting herself in the heart with a Browning 12-gauge shotgun. Remember, though, that Bianca was cremated days after she died, so there isn't a way her arms could have been measured. So, the FBI Digital Evidence Laboratory conducted a forensics exam on a photograph instead. Forensics was able to use a photo of Bianca and a friend to get the information they needed. They had the friend pose for a photo in the same dress she was wearing in the photograph with Bianca, as a reference to determine the length of Bianca's arms, which were found to be between 26.5 and 28.5 inches. Next, the FBI ran a study with 15 different women who had the similar necessary measurements as Bianca to see if it was possible for any of them to reach the trigger of the shotgun while pointing the barrel at themselves. Next, the test subjects were all asked to pack their shotgun into their soft cases and zip it up. Not a single person put the butt of the shotgun down on the ground to zip it up nor did a single person point the muzzle at themselves at all while completing the task. Now keep in mind that the people chosen for these tests aren't gun experts, yet every single one of them knew not to point the gun at themselves, or anyone else for that matter. Even people not used to handling firearms are at least familiar with basic safety, so it's safe to assume that Bianca was as well especially considering that she had years of hunting experience under her belt prior to the incident. You should really check out Warrior Poet Society. They share tons of information about gun safety. We felt it was appropriate to share these four gun safety rules. Rule number one, treat all guns as if they're loaded and always know the condition of your gun. Rule number two, keep your finger off the trigger until the sights are line decision to shoot has been made. Three, never point a gun at anything you don't uh, intend to destroy. And rule number four, know your target. What's beyond it, in front of it, to the left and the right of it. Here's the thing, guys. You're responsible for every single round until it stops moving. Got it? For Bianca's gunshot wound to be self-inflicted. She would have to break almost every single one of these rules, with the exception of rule number four. Know your target, its surroundings, and beyond. This rule doesn't matter because it's accidental, self-inflicted gunshot wound, and has no target. It's highly improbable that Bianca would have disregarded every single basic gun safety rule, especially considering her experience and her expertise.
0: Imagine you're hired as a seamstress and chef for a five-person expedition to a remote island in the Arctic. But after you arrive on the island, your team abandons you there. And you're left to fend for yourself in the wild. From Wondery, Against the Odds is a podcast that shares thrilling stories of survival. Their newest season has the incredible story of how a woman named Ada Blackjack was forced to survive on her own in one of the harshest places on Earth. In 1921, a ship set sail from Alaska towards a remote island 100 miles north of Siberia. On board was a 23-year-old Inuit woman named Ada Blackjack, who was hired to work as a seamstress and chef for the four white explorers undertaking the expedition. When the expedition took a dangerous turn, she was left all alone. For almost a year, she had to teach herself how to trap, hunt, and survive in the bitter cold of the Arctic. If you like amazing storytelling, the kind that you get lost in, the kind that takes you away from reality for a bit, give this podcast a try. You will be drawn in from the beginning. Listen to Against the Odds, Ada Blackjack on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can listen one week early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. With Good Chop, you get a flexible monthly subscription plan for high-quality American meat and seafood. Good Chop offers convenient contact-free delivery right to your doorstep. Order fully customizable boxes. Choose beef, chicken, seafood, and pork products you like the most. For example, you can order well-marbled Angus Choice and Prime Cuts or get delicious 100% grass-fed steaks, whatever you prefer. Their seafood is sustainable and wild-caught, whether you want salmon, Pacific Cod, or something else. There's something for everyone. Mouth-watering ribeyes, flavorful T-bones, wild-caught salmon, tender chicken breast, and more. Good Chop especially prides itself on sourcing beef that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. No artificial ingredients, only the good stuff. We cooked the best mouth-watering filet mignons the other day. The tenderness, the juiciness, it was amazing. And I can't forget to mention the convenience. Right now where we live, it's cold outside. It's like 20 degrees. If I can find a way to not take my baby out in the cold weather, I'll take it. Even if it's not cold where you are, we all know grocery shopping is a job. Let us give you a hand. You won't be disappointed. You will have a stocked fridge full of quality meats right from your fingertips to your door. Go to goodchop.com slash crimesalad100 and use code crimesalad100 to get $100 off your first three boxes. That's goodchop.com slash crimesalad100 and use code crimesalad100 to get $100 off your first three boxes. Now, let's get back to the FBI's tests and findings. The following test asked the subjects to keep the shotgun in the partially zipped bag, point the barrel at their heart, while keeping the shotgun at a 90 degree angle and continue to zip up the bag. None of the subjects were able to maintain the shotgun in that position while zipping the case. And none of the 15 subjects were able to reach the trigger of the shotgun while zipping the case without significantly changing the angle of the muzzle to their chest. Lastly, an FBI special agent was able to use the crime scene photographs to figure out the approximate position of the shotgun muzzle with the soft case at the time of discharge, as well as the resulting shot patterns created by firing the shotgun with the case over the barrel at various distances. These patterns were then provided to an expert forensic medical examiner, who determined that the patterns most likely matching the wound observed in the photographs of the body were created by a shot from a a distance of between two and three and a half feet. And then the Colorado medical examiner said, quote, In my opinion, it would be physically impossible to accidentally fire this shotgun in its carrying case and produce the entrance defect noted on the body of Miss Rudolph. The tip of the carrying case was most likely at least two feet from Miss Rudolph when the weapon was discharged, regardless if it was on cylinder or full choke settings. Further, it would be extremely difficult, if not impossible, for Miss Rudolph to reach the trigger of this weapon, even if it was placed in the case with the muzzle pressed against her chest. Unquote. Now, none of this is going well for Larry. The evidence is stacked against him. There is another person we haven't mentioned yet that spent quite a bit of time with the Rudolphs just days before Bianca's death that may provide us with some valuable insight into this case. If you remember the hunting guide from earlier... Well, his ex-wife joined him and the Rudolphs on previous hunting excursions and was with them for several days on their final hunt in Zambia until October 8th. She stated that it seemed like the Rudolphs were having a great time together and that Larry was attentive to Bianca's needs. She noticed that the shotgun may have been customized to alter its ammunition capacity. It repeatedly jammed and was not functioning properly. But what's strange is that this was the same gun used that accidentally shot and killed Bianca, which could actually give Larry some credibility regarding his claims about what caused her death. However, maybe this is a stretch, but... If it were a premeditated murder, wouldn't Larry want witnesses to have seen evidence of a malfunctioning gun prior to the murder? It's a lot easier to make her death look like an accident if there are witnesses testifying that the shotgun was faulty. Maybe it was purposely jammed before the hunt, or maybe this was a coincidence. When the ex-wife heard about the death of Bianca, she came back to Zambia to meet with Larry on October 13th. She said that he appeared to be distraught and told her what had happened, that he was in the bathroom when Bianca was putting the guns back into the cases, and that one of them must have discharged and killed her. But it was starting to feel a little suspicious when the funeral arrangements seemed very rushed and that there was a sense of urgency to get Bianca cremated immediately, And to make matters worse, the ex-wife also reported that she witnessed Larry pay extra to have Bianca's cremation expedited and didn't understand why Larry felt this was necessary. She also noted that Larry said he would tell their children about Bianca's death, but wouldn't take their calls when she felt that the children deserved an opportunity to say goodbye to their mother. The ex-wife also was uncomfortable with Larry's decision to cremate Bianca because Bianca's Catholic beliefs. She tried to relay the religious significance of dressing Bianca's body in black with a cross around her neck, but Larry seemed unconcerned and paid no attention to these wishes on behalf of his wife. So she did her best to honor Bianca's wishes and dressed her body in black with a crucifix necklace. Now, it is quite clear that Larry looks guilty, but does he have a motive? Does he have a reason to murder his wife in cold blood? In short, yes, he has several, according to Bianca's friend, who realized something wasn't right after she heard Bianca had been shot and killed, while with Larry in that she was cremated overseas. Bianca's friend, whose name has not been released, is the person who tipped off the FBI once she learned of Bianca's death. Bianca's friend reached out to the FBI on October 27, 2016 to express concerns of foul play, primarily because she knew Larry had been involved in many extramarital affairs and was in one at the time of Bianca's death. Bianca's friend also alerted the FBI that Larry had been verbally abusive in the past and that the couple often had fights about money. She also stated that the Rudolph's children weren't notified of their mother's death until a week after it happened and that some of Bianca's family and friends didn't even know Bianca had died until her funeral. Bianca's friend became even more suspicious when she learned that Bianca had been cremated because it conflicted with her strict Catholic beliefs. And because Bianca expressed disapproval of cremation previously when Bianca's friend told her that she was having her husband cremated. When asked why Larry felt the need to cremate her body in Zambia instead of transporting it back to the US, he said that it would be challenging. While that may be true to an extent, it's beyond suspicious that this same guy frequently arranged for animals he hunted, many of them big game, to be transported back to the States. According to investigators, traveling back to the U.S. with such animals can be cumbersome, expensive, and time-consuming. So then, why was his wife's small, human-sized body so challenging for him to bring back home? In addition to all of that incriminating information, Bianca's friend provided the FBI with the following statement on the matter. Quote, Larry is never going to divorce her because he doesn't want to lose his money. And she is never going to divorce him because of her Catholicism. End quote. Larry had several ongoing extramarital affairs during his marriage with Bianca. According to a former employee who used to work with Larry at Three Rivers Dental between February 2015 and February 2016, Larry was having an affair with one of the managers and considered her to be his girlfriend. The former employee stated that she became close with the girlfriend while working together and that the girlfriend later revealed to her that she had been involved in a long-term relationship with Larry for about 15 to 20 years. The former employee also stated that the girlfriend told her that she gave Larry an ultimatum of one year to sell his dental practice and leave Bianca. According to travel and financial records, Larry and his girlfriend traveled together without Bianca many times throughout their years together. In fact, Larry and his girlfriend went to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico in 2010, 2011, twice, 2013, 2014, 2015, in July of 2016, just months before Bianca's death, And in 2017, just a few months after Bianca was shot and killed. And it gets worse. On or about October 23rd, 2016, the day after Bianca's funeral, Larry bought a plane ticket for his girlfriend from Pittsburgh to Phoenix on October 24th. But canceled that reservation later that day. If you're considering the possibility that Larry was feeling maybe a little guilty about doing this the day after he buried his wife, and that's why he must have canceled the reservation, you'd be wrong. Larry purchased two additional plane tickets from Phoenix to Las Vegas on the 23rd for the 26th through the 28th. One for himself and one for another different woman. Records also show that Larry booked a hotel in Vegas for those dates. That same day, Larry bought yet another plane ticket in October, this time for his girlfriend to fly from Pittsburgh to Phoenix on October 31st. Remember, all of this occurred in the week after he buried his wife of 34 years. And about three months after Bianca's death, Larry's girlfriend moved into the home in Phoenix where the Rudolphs had moved a few years earlier. To make matters worse, the source, The Daily Beast, indicates that Larry paid the hunting guide, who was with them in Zambia, $30,000 in January of 2017, three months after Bianca's death, and then paid him $23,000 more two months later. I don't know about you, but these payments certainly appear to be hush money. At this point, I don't even know how your jaw isn't dropping to the floor. What more do you need to see this guy is completely guilty? How in the world did this guy get just not a couple thousand dollars for a life insurance claim, but seven life insurance policies totaling $4.9 million? At this point, he has no more money problems and he's free of his wife. He can now move on with the secret girlfriend. Well, you don't have to worry. Larry isn't fooling anyone. To add to the desire to live openly with his girlfriend as a motive for Larry to kill his wife, investigators believe Larry was financially motivated as well. We mentioned earlier that Bianca's friend told the FBI that Larry refused to divorce Bianca because he didn't want to lose any money, but it turns out that he may have killed Bianca in order to gain money by framing it as an accident in order to defraud life insurance companies and collect money after her death. According to the affidavit, federal investigators alleged that, quote, Larry Rudolph murdered his wife, Bianca Rudolph, as part of a scheme to defraud life insurance companies and to obtain money and property from them, though the false and fraudulent pretense, representation, and promise that the death was an accident, end quote. So a lot of suspicious activity surrounding Larry Rudolph, from the secret relationships to not wanting to divorce because he will lose out on money, gun tests that seem to be impossible to match with what Larry said happened, suspicious activity relating to mail fraud that we don't know much about yet. At this point, he has been charged with mail fraud and foreign murder by federal prosecutors in Denver, Colorado. Will this wild game hunter be caged or walk free? As soon as we get more details of this case, we will be sure to share them with you. But for now, this completes this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next week.
1: Crime Salad is a Weird Salad production. Are you kidding me? That was perfect.